Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have a fantastic guest for you, Casey Brown. And Casey is a real estate investor, host of the Cashflow Pro Podcast and founder of 3000 Capital. And since 2007, he has been involved in over 400 real estate transactions, totaling close to $500 million. So he has a ton of experience within real estate. He's also a father himself. You know, he knows the power of hard work and how he's been able to build up his real estate business, you know, not just overnight, but it's been a period of time for himself as well. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and figure out and learn a little bit more about your journey in real estate and how you got to where you are today. And so thank you so much for being on the show today, Casey. How are you doing? Absolutely. Oh, we're doing wonderful today. It's warm out. The sun's shining. The kids are all healthy. Everybody's in good shape. So now we're happy to be here and certainly uh, want to thank you for letting us be a guest. Absolutely. All we can really ask for is, you know, health. Kids are doing good. Sunshine in our lives. And, you know, <laughs> especially, exactly with, right. <laughs> especially with everything makes that's everything better. It does. It really does. <laughs> So Casey, can you start off by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? All right. So my background is a little bit, I guess I want to say it's not a whole lot different than where a lot of people came from. But one day I was, honestly, I was driving down the road and I saw a house that I had been seeing for quite some time and I knew it was going to be coming up for sale. And then all of a sudden I saw a real estate sign in the yard one day and I was like, you know, maybe I should not necessarily worry about trying to to buy that stuff. Maybe I should figure out how I can get involved and make a commission or make some type of income without actually having to buy the house or be involved in it. So that kind of led me to the beginnings of selling real estate as far as like a from a real estate agent perspective. And as I started getting into it, it became very evident that it was, well, it's really hard, honestly. I mean, because a lot of people think that getting your license is the hard part and getting involved in real estate with the board from a board level and so on and so forth is the hard part. The hard part was actually finding my first customer. And that really was what kind of led me to down the marketing path, I guess, if you will, that real estate has Every career in real estate kind of centers around how well you can market yourself, how well you can market what your services are. But the issue arises in trying to grow that from in order to advertise, you have to advertise something other than yourself. So you use the listings and so on to kind of push you out there, if that makes sense. So my background, again, is basically started in the ag sector and then I moved into real estate after about two or three years of realizing that I was not cut out to be a farmer or even a risk manager or anything like that. So (laughs) that's what led us here. Kind of a long, untraditional story, but we're here and happy to be here. So what's your current focus now? My current focus right now is the real estate syndication business and growing my investment business. And of course, we've started a fund, a real estate investment fund that is really kind of our lead focus right now, aside of the marketing activities and such that surround it. 
So when you say real estate fund, can you give us a top overview of what that entails and you know what led you to starting a fund? So much like I described with starting a real estate sales business, becoming involved in a real estate syndication or becoming involved in any type of capital raising is difficult. It's difficult to gain people's trust, to let them know who you are and get going. It's really, so the difficult part was trying to match the ambition with the capital raising and the finding of deals. Okay. So when I got into it and I realized, Hey, I enjoy people. I enjoy relations. I enjoy discussing business with people on a level of saying, Hey, how can we help grow your wealth? same as I had done in the real estate sales business. So when I started saying that I was more set for the relationship building side of things, the deal side of things kind of got pushed to the side. Now, it's tough to give an overview of this business without people really having understanding of a few terms. And so what I'm going to describe to you is what's called a fund of funds. So we are a fund, okay? And what we have done is we've gone out to a couple of different operators that we know supply good deals, that we know are first-in-class operators that operate very efficiently and have investors themselves, people that invest with them directly. So we've got operators that check all of these boxes, right? And so what we did is we went out and created a relationship with them, showed, told them who we are, showed them what we had to offer, And basically, their operating documents for their deals give them the ability to strike what's called a side letter or a side deal, if you will, with folks like myself. So what I do is, is for instance, I call a pretty big operator. My operators are all, like I said, very large. We don't deal with anything that's of a certain size and smaller. And so what we did is... I went out, called the operator and said, hey, what happens if I can go to my folks and I can raise, say, a million dollars and just bring a million dollars to your deal? You don't have to do any of the relationship building. You don't have to do anything. We just bring a million dollars to your deal straight up. What kind of preferential treatment will my fund get in if I bring that much to you? So with that being said, we basically are crowdfunding class A shares of these deals. Class A shares, meaning the original operator gives a class A share, says, hey, if you bring a half million dollars to my deal, I'll give you a higher pref, I'll give you a better split, I'll give you these other terms, okay? So what we did is we just called the operator and said, okay, hey, why don't you just let us plug money in to your deals? You just mark them as class A and we'll just raise what we can raise. And it's getting our investors in at a better return than they would get otherwise. Does that make sense? So instead of going directly to the sponsor themselves, a passive investor that would invest in a fund of funds model would ideally get a better return profile than if they were to invest directly with the sponsor themselves. I'm going to give some very straight up figures 
This is not the exact figures of our fund, but I'm going to give you just an example of how this would work, okay? So let's say that an operator has Class A and Class B shares, okay? Class A shares require a million-dollar investment. They are going to give a 10% PREF, preferred return, and there's going to be a, let's say there's a 90-10 split above the preferred return, Okay. So 90% goes to the investor, 10% goes to the operators. To the operator, okay? Now, they have a Class B share, and the Class B share allows somebody that has $100,000 to invest. They allow them to come in, but since that requires the operator to forge another relationship, maintain another relationship, and continue on, the operator says, okay, hey, you can come in with your $100,000, but... We're only going to pay you an 8% preferred return, and our split is 70-30, okay? So what we do is we go out and we gather our investors and say, okay, hey, we've got 10 people that want to put $100,000 each in. So rather than them going to the sponsor directly and getting a, what I say, 8% on the $100,000, rather than them going directly to the operator and saying, hey, I'm going to invest my $100,000 and the operator giving them that lower preferred return and lower split, They come to us and we invest 10 people's $100,000 and buy the million-dollar share, okay? And we get a little bit off the top when the investment's made, and then we share a larger split and a larger preferred return with that investor. How does this get communicated to from the investor standpoint? And how does this all kind of get communicated to the investor in communicating the benefits of going through a fund of funds model versus going direct to the actual sponsor themselves? And what are some of the questions that come up, especially if it's like the first time somebody's experiencing a fund of fund models? What are some of the most common questions that typically arise? First question is, of course, obviously, I think I gave a little bit of an explanation just then about what the first question is. Why shouldn't I just go to the operator myself? And number one, these larger operators, they're not really focused on procuring people to do the class B shares simply because, again, it's another relationship that they have to hold on to, that they have to work with, they have to communicate with, they have to account for, so on, so on, so on. So let me take that in later. The communication for us with our investors is basically just like us saying, we have to pretty much teach the investor is exactly what I just told you. And it becomes a little bit difficult when you're trying to teach somebody that does not have any type of business or real estate experience under their belt. So we have to take it in chunks and say, hey, we want to help you make more with your investment than you would otherwise get. And that pretty much is the short of it, I guess, if you will. That tells them, hey, I want this guy to help me make more with my $100,000 than I can make if I went directly to the operator. Now, with that being said, the first question is, of course, like I said, I just answered, why shouldn't I just go to the operator myself? Well, because we're going to give you a higher return than you would get if you went directly to him with your smaller investment. Number two, what guarantees do I have that everything's going to flow just like it is? Well, we're operating... We are signing agreements with the operator. The investor is signing agreements with us, and it's all linked together. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. So the money passes exactly like it says it's supposed to through their distribution model, then through our distribution model, then back to the investor. Now, the third question that comes up is what are the other benefits, I guess? And I'm going to give the benefits of the fund to funds model in a couple of different from a couple of different angles. The first benefit is diversification across operators. We currently work with three operators. Okay. So we put 50% with one operator and I'll explain in just a minute. We put 50% of our capital with one operator. We put 25 with two other operators to make a hundred percent. Now we are a little bit heavier invested in self-storage and mobile home parks with that model. Okay. So we split those up. So now you're diversified across operators. So let's, God forbid, say something just went awry and one deal was just completely terrible, just went off the hinges and burnt to the ground. Okay. We've still got diversification across two other operators in the same asset classes. Okay. Now I said asset classes. Now I'm going to really dive in here and say, we are also diversified across asset classes because with this model, we've got mobile home parks, we've got self-storage and we've got multifamily. So we're diversified across operators. We're diversified across asset classes. So for some reason, everybody decided they wanted to have a huge garage sale and all of a sudden self-storage took a massive hit. We've still got other asset classes to fall back on. Now, the third thing that we're diversified across is geography. Geographical regions experience a considerable amount of change, especially in multifamily and especially in mobile home parks. Now, the mobile home parks is kind of our, that kind of steps in there as a little bit of a hedge because the mobile home parks are limited supply and there's really not much that's going to stop them from continuing to thrive. Okay. So we're diversified across operators. We're diversified across asset classes. We're diversified across geography. And again, the geography being that Maybe self-storage goes in the tank in L.A. and it really rises and goes through the roof in New Orleans. Okay, I'm just, again, examples. So you're getting a better return than you would with the operator directly. You're getting a better diversification model because now you're not necessarily investing with one operator in one deal in one area in one asset class. You're diversified. So you've got massive benefits here to these models. And again, they're built off of our relationships with the operators because the operators are not just going to let some, you know, you have to have pretty decent connections to get in with these guys and even begin the negotiation part. Does that make sense? So we've got the relationships built and in place with these operators that go in and say, hey, then what that does is, is it frees myself up to go and check on the assets that these operators are currently operating, okay? And it frees myself up to be more of an investor relations type of capacity, I guess, if you will. And with that, it also allows for us to capitalize on the deal-finding abilities of these operators without me having to find the deals and procure them and underwrite them and we let them handle it, then they bring it to us. We love hosting this show. 
When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So, quick question. Yes. So as an investor, you have to be in agreement with all the assets within that fund. There's no like a pick or choose type of options. It's all or nothing, essentially. Correct. Yes. And that's why we stepped in with some bigger, more well-known operators and negotiated these deals because of that very fact. But you can't say, hey, I really don't like those apartment buildings in Evansville, Indiana. Or I really, I really, really, really want to be in this deal up here, but they're not in our fund or they're not being pursued by the fund. So it is, yes. But again, this is what we're calling the growth opportunity fund. This is not a massively a high risk fund. This is more of somebody that wants growth, that wants income, that wants you know level diversification, that really wants to be involved and go out and see these assets, call and say, hey, we're very transparent with what assets each fund owns. And as they accumulate them, they get, you know, the investors will get updates and say, hey, we just accumulated this particular building. So yes, the picking and choosing kind of goes out the window, but these funds are set up very specific. And this is, like I said, this is more of a level risk fund. This is not something that's, but it's going to be a decent return. We're offering in our fund, we're offering a PREF with a pretty high split. And then again, you don't get to pick and choose, but you have a much leveler risk profile. So from the investor standpoint, are they just dealing with one entity that houses all the other assets within Correct. under that entity? So they're only working directly with one investor and one yep. documentation legal entity and everything like that. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. They only deal with 3000 Capital Fund 1, which is housed under 3000 Capital. And then we deal with the other items of, and the other thing about this is, and again, we chose our operators very, very carefully. So I don't want to sound like it's negative or any, or we expect this in any type of way, but if there ever was legal action that had to be taken, of course, you know, the investors into our fund are shielded from us taking legal action against an operator of some kind. Now, again, that's a far cry from anything we ever hope to have to do or be involved in. But again, it's just another layer of protection for the investor. And again, we were very transparent, very open communication with our investors to let them know, hey, what's this is going on? Or, you know, we just accumulated this asset and so on. So what are some of the I guess, hesitations that investors have in investing in this type of fund of funds model. The biggest hesitation that people have is just the the understanding. As you can tell, I've spent the last however many minutes we've been on talking about this particular subject. It just, it gets confusing and it can get confusing very quick. But the thing is, and I will interject 
there's a guy that is, we all know, in the investment world that is sitting in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Now, with that being said, he owns a company. Okay. And the reason why I'm bringing it up and his name is off is Warren Buffett, obviously. And so Warren Buffett has investors. Okay. People invest in Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway, in turn, takes those pooled funds and they go and buy Coca-Cola. They go and buy insurance companies. They go and buy train companies. They go and buy these other assets, right? So what I'm getting at is it's a very, very similar model and it's a very similar model and it works at the highest of levels because those investors know that now they don't have to go in and review income statements and balance sheets for each individual company. The company that they've invested with is doing all of that. And so it just it simplifies the process and it makes somebody a truly, truly passive investor without having to worry about the nuts and bolts of every little thing that goes on. They get a check, they go on, they cash that check, they get in the next quarterly check, they cash that check. And so again, this is for the truly, truly passive investor that simply wants a level risk profile that wants to make a decent investment that's not highly liquid. Again, it's the same as most other syndications. They're reasonably long-term. Our fund is five years. Now, of course, there's going to be recapitalization, refinances, and so on and so forth that we discuss as the time goes on. But what I'm getting at is the risk profile is very level. Got it. So Casey, can you share a little bit more about your podcast, what it's about, how you got started with that as well? So my podcast is Cashflow Pro and Cashflow Pro is basically we act kind of in the capacity of a reporter where we interview folks on a daily basis and we get their stories. We get how they got started. We get what their particular business model includes and doesn't include. And we really dig deep into and ask very, very tough questions of these guests in order to try and give our listeners a reason to follow that guest or learn more about them. When we're sitting on our podcast and we're doing the interviews. And sometimes I've been known to ask questions where you can hear hesitation on the other end of the line. It gets, you know, you can get a little weird, but you want to make sure that the people understand that those of us who looked at the syndication business or those of us that looked at investing in real estate at one time as an institutional practice, we want the regular folks, the regular investors, the people that just simply want to invest in real estate passively, but don't want to have to worry about the toilets, the termites, the trash, the tenants. We want those folks to know that it can be done in these manners without them having to actually take care of all of that. And so that's why we get in with our guests and we just dig down, figure out and show our listeners that, hey, our guests and and myself included, were just like them years ago. I mean, we didn't have a clue. And we're trying to fast track that education into getting people involved, letting them invest, letting them enjoy the passive income life and so on. So I believe you also do a daily podcast with the show as well. Why did you decide the daily route versus like a weekly or a monthly? Well, to be quite honest, weekly or monthly, anything is just not really in my wheelhouse unless it's a mortgage payment, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Because truthfully, we want to get our message out there. We want to get our listeners to engage and understand. 
And we also want to give our guests, you know, maximum exposure. So they're getting a shorter term exposure at like on the podcast part, but that podcast lives there forever. Okay. And more folks that we can give exposure to the better off everybody is. So that's kind of why we went with a daily podcast is just to fast track the exposure of our guests. The podcast is going to live there forever, whether it was done on a weekly manner, whether it was done on a monthly manner, the podcast is going to live there forever. So again, the more we can get out there, the more people we can get involved, the more listeners that we can get and the more help we can hopefully provide to people looking for this path. And so, Casey, what are you the most excited about coming up in the near future here? I'll be honest. I'm really just excited about everything about this. You know, the relationship business from the real estate sales perspective, that was a relationship business as well. I was able to scale that in my small town pretty much to maximum potential. And when I started saying, and I actually heard something, I don't even, can't even tell you who said it, but I've heard it on the news or heard it, read it in a Google article or something that said there's more billionaires or millionaires have been made in the real estate business than any other business, than any other opportunities out there in the real estate business has made more millionaires or billionaires. And so I got to thinking, I'm thought, okay, so in our town, I'm have sold numerous, numerous, numerous real estate deals. And I got to thinking, I'm like, okay, you're maxed out here. Now, how are they saying that the real estate business has made millionaires and billionaires? Because we're not even speaking the same language, which that is what enticed me to dig in on the syndication business, which the syndication business hasn't been around that many years. So we're still in its infancy, but these business structures have been around for hundreds of years. Okay. So it's just merely taking a different angle at it. Awesome. Well, Casey, for our listeners out there looking to find out more about you, check out your podcast. Where's the best place that they can go? Well, the first place to go is to 3000capital.com. That's 3000capital.com. You can also visit the podcast at... Now you got to follow me here. This is People are still confused with these different, what's called a high-level domain, but it's www.cashflow.pro. No .com, so nothing, just cashflow.pro. And that will get you to our podcast. And you can also find ways to communicate with us. You'll find a service and info email addresses. But we'd love to have anybody that wants to listen and come check out our show. Awesome. Well, Casey, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about yourself, the model that you're focused on currently in the Fund the Funds, and also your podcast and why you started that. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of yourself and your story with us today. Absolutely. Just happy to be here with you all. And I want to thank you for the opportunity. And I hope that those explanations were not just so utterly confusing that we left everybody puzzled. But if you have any questions, get with us and we'll be glad to straighten any of it out. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. 
Thela and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonifestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.